You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining for this very special episode where we get to talk about healing soul wounds as a couple. I am so grateful for the wisdom of doctors of psychology, Bill and Christy Gaultier. They are so gifted as the founders of their ministry, Soul Shepherding, and they truly work so well in tandem as a one-two couple. I love that pairing for this reason that we get to hear about together here, uh, that they just flow in that way of wanting to truly help and thrive and gift. And trust me, whatever pairing you are, you have your unique gifts too. But it's beautiful for me to see these two pairs just together working to bring healing to others because they're so caring. So I'm so grateful we get to do that today. And I really thought that this would be a beautiful moment for it as we are processing. Just last week, we did this big sort of let's unpack a bit about our extended family and some of the deeper trauma wounds. And I thought, you know what, let's cover that with some healthy layers of how do we meet with God in this? How do we help each other in that way too, where we're bringing in a component of really getting into the deeper soul, uh, what's going on underneath levels so that we could look not just at the addictive properties or the self-soothing that we're trying to do, but also to say, what's underneath? What's my deeper uh, you know, desire? What's my deeper need that keeps coming up for me, whether it be shame or some sort of anger, which is going to have some shame probably below that or sadness or some anxiety. Uh, so it's a really cool timing that Bill and uh, Christy came with their new book. Now, I have actually been holding on to this interview for several months for the right timing because I wanted you to have uh, the right placement for this book in your toolbox so that you can look together to say, is this the right timing for this or that process? And I just really was feeling led that right now was a good time to, since we're doing the deep dive work in marriage and lifting all these layers up to say, okay, bottom layer here, what's going on in the soul? Their book is Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith, Growing Emotionally and Spiritually Through the Enneagram. So it's fun to have them as uh, another Enneagram uh, authorship as well. And I'm going to let them do most of the talking today, but I really appreciate you diving deep with them because even if you're just looking to form new understandings of what you're walking through. And you're like, Krista, I'm reading all these different books right now. I don't have time yet. Just connecting with doctors, Bill and Christy today is going to be, uh, I think healing. When I was talking to them, I actually felt so peaceful. And I said that exact thing as you'll be able to to hear, but I just really appreciate when I get to be co-regulated by a guest too. So I hope that you feel that with me. I hope that you're uh, enjoying their story and able to lift up yours. They're going to be looking at triads with you today. So keep that in mind as we're growing and glowing together. I am 
in Chicago today. So I am uh, doing other interviews for the book. And I'm so grateful that we get to have our time here too, because you guys are my people. So I know you know this about me. If you've been listening for any amount of time, I love my people. So I'm visiting um, my dear friend, Carla, and my dear friend, Britta uh, in Wheaton. And Britta's husband teaches Tolkien. So I'm going to have to make my way over to the Tolkien Center over there and take a peek. I used to love going to the Lewis and Tolkien uh, Center when I was a student there. So Hannah, my daughter, is going to get to see that. And I'm really thankful and excited. So that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. But right here with you, honestly, doing soul care work. I am doing that with you 100% of the time usually, but right now at the holidays, I'm doing it with you even more. So know that I'm here with you and I'll see you soon, but let's really get a chance to dive deep with Drs. Bill and Christy today together. Bill and Christy, thank you so much for joining us for the e pod today. Oh, so happy to be with you. Yeah, we love what you're doing with the Enneagram in marriage. So thankful to share with your listeners. Oh, well, you guys have delved deep and I have prepared our listeners for a great treat today. We are just so blessed to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and about your marriage and your marriage pairing? Certainly would love to. Bill and I have been married 37 years. We have three adult children and four grandchildren. So it's fun to enjoy and see what God is doing a little bit through some of the fruit of that. And then we've been together in ministry most of that time working together with a few brief times where we were working separately, but really felt called early on in marriage to minister together, that that was really God's call for us. And so it's, it's been a joy. We call it pair skating to the music. Pair skating. Yeah. yeah. Pair skating to the music of the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's fun for us. Oh my gosh. What a fun title you have for that pair skating. That pairing is so beautiful. It's one of my favorites for working together. And I love that you named that because you have a one-two pairing, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, I'm a one with a two wing. Okay. And Christy's a two with a one wing. So we, we <laughs> being married, we developed our common wings. Uh, and it's made our relationship even more powerful. Mm. We yes. figured out early on when we started Soul Shepherding as a nonprofit ministry in 2009 that people were learning best from our relationship. And mm-hmm. so we really leaned into that with intentionality and we had to transcend some of the uh, limitations or difficulties of our Enneagram types in that yes. because as a, as a, I'm a one and a, a type A go-getter and a thinker and all that, uh, sports player, football player, you know, I'm not going to be tackle. I'm going to go, go, go. Yeah. And then Christy, you can sort of be the helper as a two and the cheerleader and so early on, we sort of have a, had a pattern where I did all the talking and then Christy chimed in and helped and supported and made it all great, which was wonderful in a sense, but yet very, also very sad because Christy, you have such a great voice and wisdom and emotional intelligence. And so we, we really worked on how to, how to pair skate together so that people could experience God through our relationship. And then we thought about it. It's like, well, God's a relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's how people learn best and how they're best ministered to. Mm, Wow. That's beautiful. And I'm picturing your analogy for us that, you know, with the one, two, we have Bill, both of you present oriented, but Bill may be running ahead, go, go, go. And as a two, you're also able to go and move, but because you're relational, you know, could have been, like you said, a bit left behind in that sadness. 
So it's neat that you guys, through your own work, and we're always aware here that even helpers are doing their work too, that you guys discovered you had a beautiful, bright way to shine in the world for Christ together when you started to work together more. Um, And did that sort of kind of come mid-marriage or when did you feel like that started to blossom even more? Well, I think when we first started with that working together, our first year married, we were college pastors and we were both in grad school getting our doctorates in psychology. It was a busy time, a stressful time. And I think we were trying to find our identity still in development there. I had just turned 21. Bill just turned 23 individually, but also as a couple. And I was more relational. So I was wanting more of the together, more Mm -hmm. of the coupling. You were feeling a a little bit enmeshed (laughs) and smothered by that. So that's where we first had to kind of work on that. And then that was so painful and I felt rejected in that. So then we went kind of, we separated for a little bit in our work and our ministry and we're mm. both doing parallel work mm. and ministry. And I think that was a good and important season for us and part of God developing and growing us together. Then later is when we began to come back together and realize we're better together. Yeah. And at first that started very com- clumsily, like like Bill said, where I was doing a lot of hiding. Some mm. of that was fear and insecurity on my part. Some of that was not wanting to mesh and smother him like yeah. he felt before, being super cautious of that. Yeah. Uh, some of that was also him really showing me in humility, taking my hand and saying, come on, come up on stage with me, get off the bleachers, enter the game and encouraging me and really having to be very strong to say, no, I really do want to do this mm-hmm. with you together. And then we spent a lot of time where we would we would do that. And then we'd process together <laughs> about the experience and how can we improve? And so it was definitely a process for us over the years. Yeah. Yeah. But what I love about you guys walking through it is you have to find some through lines. And the Enneagram is such a great tool for helping us to see you're both wanting to serve the community. You know, you're both very people oriented. And so that heart was there and there wasn't probably as much of a like discrepancy in that way where one's like, I want to hold off an introvert and the other one's like, I want to kind of crusade around. You're like, no, we both feel called to community, which we know is the healthiest. Um, So I love that. And it's fun for me to even see that my audience knows Wes is a, my husband, a one wing two social. So when I was reading your book, I was cracking up because captain of the football team, oldest son, all a student salutatorian, you name it. You guys, you know, I was like, oh gosh, aren't we so interesting? But seeing a one seven versus a one two, there's differences. There's a different way you shine and you beautifully together are able to reach people on a feelings level, which is something I always need a lot of assistance with. So today our audience is so blessed to have you helping us, one of my shadows here on this podcast sometimes, in the feelings realm. Uh, Your new book is so exciting. I want to hear all about it. But before we get into uh, this emotional help today that we can learn about from you today and in the book, can you tell us a little bit about your meeting story? Well, we met in college, undergraduate school. We were both resident advisors at oh, school. And see. so that's how we how we met your cousin, who was a resident advisor as well, introduced oh. us first. She kept talking about her wonderful cousin, Bill. Oh. And I kept thinking, nobody can be as great as <laughs> her Karen's cousin, Bill. And then I met him and I thought, oh, she didn't tell me he was handsome. <laughs> so that's how we first met. And then your sister helped us actually get our first date. 
Well, I, and I had seen you long before that, and mm -hmm. Christy was the most beautiful woman oh. on campus and oh. so intelligent. And I believe that. She She's had a stunning. lot of guys uh, who wanted to date her and that she was enjoying dating. And oh. I had told myself years earlier from experience, don't date anybody like that. They're a heartbreaker. <laughs> But I got up my courage and I went after her anyway. And I had to oh. endure some uh, time for she'd say no because she was busy. And so then oh. I, I got her I got her locked in. I, I got two <laughs> dates back to back and, and you felt a little trapped by that. But we made it through. So. It was great. I was grateful. <laughs> I was just scared because I liked him so much. And so I thought after the first date, well, shoot, I don't know if he likes me. He's already committed for a second date. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so sweet. And that kind of goes back, like you said, to that thread of just the rejection wound that yeah. you're like, hey, I'm carrying this like, and here he's like, uh, do you know how valuable you are? And like, we know in the Enneagram commodities and we joke a lot on this podcast, like two women are a hot commodity. <laughs> so <laughs> we all love all the women out there, guys, whatever type you are, but like the two space, some Sometimes I just encourage women of other types to put that space on because you guys espouse uh, as the female too, you know, a lot of the character, almost Eve-like qualities. So he gets to see that and say, oh my gosh, like she's so beautiful, like quintessential woman, but then we come to struggle. So mm -hmm. I would love it if you guys could tell us a little bit about your book and why you felt like now was the time in culture when it was important to talk about feelings and share the title and all of that too. Yeah. Well, healthy feelings, thriving faith, uh, growing emotionally and spiritually through the Enneagram. That's the title of our book. They had a long gestation period because we learned the Enneagram 20 years ago before hardly any Christians knew what yeah. it was about. Or, and uh, we were a bit resistant at first to learn it. Uh, myself as a psychologist, I, just, I didn't really think it was yeah. that kind of a reputable measurement, but we had friends who were very interested in it and kept talking about it. And we respected them a lot. So we we tried it out. And as we learned it, uh, we saw how powerful it was for each of us, our relationship, our kids, our friends. So we started wearing on our, our types. And then we began to see like we, we hit the gold mine working with our clients and in our speaking and teaching ministry, we realized, wow, this is so helpful to people. And it, it's a it it's a spiritual psychology tool that the strength of the Enneagram is exactly where we live. We live in the intersection of the integration of Christ-centered spirituality and psychology, and the Enneagram is so conducive to that. Mm. So it gives us a model and a language that we can fit into all of our experiences and ideas from over 30 years of doing this work and have a conversation with people about themselves. So whenever we're like listening to somebody, whatever the context is, we can hear it from the framework of what we've learned and what we put into our book. I think another thing that's been so helpful is the understanding provides such a help in really loving our neighbor because mm -hmm. it gives me a greater empathy for other people. And that's really helped Bill and I in our marriage as well, is to be able to have a greater empathy for him. And then also because mm -hmm. the Enneagram is so revealing of sometimes unconscious sin and pain and needs and motivations, it's been really helpful as a tool just for me personally to wake up to some of those unconscious motivations and needs. And especially as a two, it's hard for me to own that I have a need. I yeah. want to be about meeting everybody else's need. Yes. And so it's been super helpful for me in that mm. as well. Yes. I loved reading that in your book where you talk about just walking into humility with that. 
And and also it's the both and, right? It's like the humility, but then there's this other part that's self-rejecting. So you're like, I'm trying to figure out how to not be all or nothing with that. And I love that you guys are saying this was a moment in culture where we saw the intersection for soul shepherding. And the Enneagram is a great tool to give lift off to help people to see in a compassionate way. Um, so that's beautiful. I also noticed in your book, you have some gorgeous guys. They have beautiful charts, diagrams right inside the book. Um, and also I really appreciated how you noted that the anger, anxiety, and shame all center in sadness. As we know from our clinical times, this is, you know, something that sometimes these are secondary emotions. So I was hoping if that's okay with you, that we might be able to talk a bit about those centers and maybe one tool for people through them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. See, the way this happened is just uh, 20 years of seeping in the Enneagram personally and with people. Mm-hmm. It just suddenly became obvious to us a few years ago that th- mm-hmm. this uh, trifecta of anger, shame, and anxiety that malforms our personality and then the underlying sadness over uh, grief, loss, hurt, unmet needs, longings for God. Mm-hmm. And we differentiate sadness from depression. We mm-hmm. pair uh, depression with shame. In, in the shame triad, but just realizing that everybody is dealing with these core emotions of distress mm-hmm. and not realizing how much that's shaping their personality. And so it just gave the, the really a very simple model for understanding stuff that is super complicated. It runs real deep in personality, real yeah. deep in relationships and faith. And our emotions are just not well understood. And unfortunately, even even in 2023 in the Christian world, there's just most Christians are not too friendly with their emotions. Mm-hmm. We sort of get the, I'm like, if I say to somebody, oh, you're emotional, that's like a very negative mm-hmm. statement. But if I say you're an intellectual, like, you know, we, we yeah, stick oh, our chest out. Yeah, I'm intellectual. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. how did this happen? That emotions take the back seat and they're like, like the stepchild or something or the whining child or, and yet, God made us as emotional beings and God has emotions. And so we just found that the emotions are the, are the window into understanding personality and relationships. And when we can give names mm-hmm. for the common distresses that we're all dealing with. And mm-hmm. so anger, shame, anxiety, and sadness. And then there's lots of specific emotions underneath those headings, mm-hmm. but we're, we're living in all of that stuff and in, and in the hope to, to, to transcend those places of distress into love and joy and peace and and encouragement. Yes. I love how you guys are reminding us uniquely that it is the missing piece. And that's also P E A C E in our, uh, you know, this country, but all over the world, the world Christians, or even people of other faiths listening, that there's just a gap for respecting emotions. And that's sometimes even part of why our heart types, I would imagine, sort of feel like a little bit displaced with such vast intelligence. Have you ever felt that, Christy? Oh, very much. That's a huge part of my story. And I think that's part of the redemption that God has worked in our marriage because I've had so much respect for Bill and as a thinker, and then to have him be gentle with my emotions, be interested in my emotions, not dismiss me or belittle me because of my emotions, not disrespect me because of my emotions, but actually I've seen him grow in respect for me because of my emotions and appreciate my emotional intelligence. And so I think that has been 
very healing for me and has enabled me to be a wounded healer Mm -hmm. in this area specifically, Mm -hmm. because my emotions were a part of my self-rejection, actually Mm -hmm. part of my story, because it was the way that I experienced rejection in in the world when I showed my emotions. And then part of my call to therapy, to, to be a safe place for other people to come and to be emotionally honest and share their emotions and to be able to receive empathy and grace and understanding and respect Mm. and seeing the difference that that made in my life made me really excited to be able to offer that to others. So for Bill and I, we each collectively have spent over a hundred thousand hours in the pool of pain with people listening to their emotions that they don't have anybody else to share that with. And that was also part of God's call for us to start our ministry of soul shepherding Mm. to take the message beyond the work that we were doing individually with people in our office. Oh my goodness. And your writings and your Instagram page. And just, this is awesome because you're reaching more than you even could with all those sessions. That is amazing. And so needed. And I got to, you know, just for people who haven't read your book yet, I love how you pour out your stories, even about your family and just, you know, having to button up those emotions and we can all just imagine with you how much grace it lent Bill when he was learning that because as a one, he wants to do good in the world. Um, And so when you're able to give him even more of a key to that with having healthy emotions himself, it's like, oh my gosh, his one ministry just opened up too. So I bet you really blessed each other in this whole process as well as your clients. Yeah. Ministering together is just the best. Uh, Some people sort of wonder could that really be the case because a a lot of couples who are both like leaders or in some form of christian ministry really sort of need their own their own territory which is maybe how i mean god works both ways right so uh, it can be beautiful either way but god's really led us to to do it together and it's been a great joy you know we we, uh encourage each other we learn from each other and we cover for each other Mm. and uh we've just found that and like for me as an enneagram one so like my in my personality like the way i used to teach i like had because I'm the perfectionist, right? Although in our book, we call the ones the reformers. That. I'm like, that's a negative label. <laughs> Isn't that true though? Yes, you need to have a All the other eight labels are positive, but the exactly. So we call the ones the reformers. You. So, you know, let, let, Wes, let Wes know that. So I'm sure that your husband, Wes, and I would get along great. So. Oh my gosh, yes. And he's on my wall behind me. You can see he put that picture up because he's busy. He's a PA, so he has his patients today. Yeah. So he's helping with mm. prescribing mental health beds. Um, and I'm trying to prevent <laughs> mental yes, health problems. We do cross yeah. paths. <laughs> but tell us, yeah, tell us more about well, that. So I used to hide behind the lectern as a speaker. I didn't realize it, but I had all my notes all prepared, all organized, all perfect. And then I'm getting through all the teachings, all the mm-hmm. principles, and I've got all this energy and I'm not going to let anybody, you know, go to sleep. And we're just like, we're going to go get there and yeah. uh, earnest and intense. And, and there's yeah. good, good things about all that. Uh, and then learning the Enneagram, it helped me realize, and you're you're living in this space, Krista, it sounds like, but it's like, oh, you know, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. And if I bring in some humor and if I find my seven yeah. where there's joy and yeah. spontaneity, and yeah. then Christy's taught me so much about the, oh the relationality and the emotions. And, yeah. and I've learned that, well, so actually, you know, writing is one thing. And so when we write a book, 
Mm-hmm. Editor Bill is part of that process. And so there is like a lot of improving that's going on there in the background. That's a labor of love. Let me tell you, to, to take what's complicated, simple. But when we speak, I've learned to just enter into the moment and let go of the notes, let go of, of the studiousness of things and have the relational experience in the Lord's presence. And then with Christy and I teaming. Mm, I feel that. And I, I sense that also, even before, you know, we are always setting up podcast interviews and I could just tell that you guys were at peace. And I was noticing that as a one, I was like, that's really great. Um, and I love that Christie's a positivity type too. So that really blesses you. So Wherever you're at, listeners, you know that there's different spaces you can meet. And Bill and Christie's book draws you on such a deep level. And it does hit differently, to use a Taylor Swift quote, hits different than my book because it's very much about personal emotional growth. And then you're bringing that into marriage too, if you're married. Um, So maybe we could talk a bit about the anxiety triad. I love that they, and you guys use so many great analogies, metaphors, sometimes fictional characters, sometimes um, actual people to talk through people. You did us in this audience a huge favor by mentioning Lord of the Rings. We constantly talk about it. Bilbo in the anxiety triad. Um, I think you had him in the sixth space, which I thought was very accurate. Um, can you tell us though a little bit about just people who are in that anxiety space, something that you might recommend to them? And there's way more tips in your book, but just if they're hovering in that five, six, seven space. Well, one thing is we want to just say we have great empathy for you and that anxiety, that underlying anxiety and mm-hmm. how difficult it is to feel a sense of peace and even presence because that thing can be so preoccupying and running all the time and driving and also as anxiety types really being stuck in your head and having a hard time of getting in touch with your heart with your emotions and also your your gut intelligence as yeah. well and feeling stuck in our personalities like we just can't escape the anxiety, the way we see the world. And we have a lot of empathy for you with that. And often for anxiety types, the five, six, and seven, that very much there can be this busy brain, just constantly in a hard time, really being able to attune to Jesus and attune to other people without that distraction, constantly fighting against what you're trying to be focused and attuned to, especially relationally. And of course, uh, the head types might not experience themselves as anxious. They might experience themselves as just trying to acquire more knowledge, more resources, or trying to solve more problems, or have more fun, more parties, more impact. Mm -hmm. Because that's the whole point with the Enneagram is that so much of our personality is unconscious to us. And if we will trust the, the insights that come from the model, God can really use that to open up things in our life. So, mm-hmm. so what the sixes especially need is uh, the soul care practice that we recommend is meditation that transcends thinking about scripture and gets into the heart space of relating to God mm-hmm. and paying attention to their feelings. But sixes really need to sort of like use their their heads uh, in in a so there's, we have a lot of teaching in our Christian world about the power of changing our thoughts and positive thinking, and uh, which is very valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's overdone, and it's like if you just change your thoughts, everything's going to come into place. 
but for the head types, that is better. I mean, when I'm talking to head types, I always know that I need to talk their language and I need to give them some analysis, some insights. I need to get into that space with them and then through that, help them access their emotions and get into a quieter space. And that's what we're, when we become proficient in scripture meditation, and it does take training and it is best to learn that in a relational setting where you're mentored, which is what we do in our Soul Shepherding Institute retreats with people and when we're training spiritual directors. So even though Christy and I are therapists in our, in our background, in our ministry, we, tra we train spiritual directors. And so we offer people who come to Soul Shepherding the ministry of spiritual direction through our staff of over 40 spiritual directors because they can delve in very deep with people into emotions and, and stuff going on in their life. They're just not treating mental health disorders and they of course are equipped to help them in their relationship with god so but my point is is that whether it's with a spiritual director who really knows how to meditate on scripture and understands intimacy with god and the challenges in in the spiritual life or it's in a community like we do in our soul shepherding institute for a head type who's struggling with anxiety to be to catch the spirit from being with somebody who mm -hmm. has that quiet mind oh. who, who is alert and engaged in their thinking, but that's then descending down into their hearts, yeah. into the space of, of emotion and motivation and relationality. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they need to learn. And the best way to learn it is not like just from a book, but it's from absorbing it relationally. Yeah. Yeah. That really makes sense. We need to co-regulate with people who have that as head types and um, and like you said, also body types are great for this population as well, because they get you into the body and moving and out of the head. Um, but that heart space back to your book, back to uh, what you're doing at Soul Shepherding, this is gold for those of us in this space. I was cracking up reading about Bilbo actually this morning with my son, uh, the, the six-ish character. And he was like, they said, your resources are going to be threatened in The Hobbit. And he was like, struck by lightning, struck by lightning. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's a great analogy for how fast the thinking can flip. So thank you. Yes. Yeah, so and one, one of the things <laughs> yeah. we also say for the, those struggling with anxiety and, and the head type is that often we talk about being stressed out, but in reality, we're stressed in, we're repressing our emotions. And that's what's causing a lot of the stress. And so there's an invitation there to get in touch with what are the emotions that you're mm -hmm. trying to defend against. I remember one six that came to one of our Soul Shepherding Institute, and she was really struggling and using scripture even to defend against her emotions. And she was saying, well, I, I'm not worried. I don't have anxiety. Philippians, Paul says, do not worry. Jesus teaches, do not worry. It's a sin to worry. I don't, I don't have stress. I don't have worry. I don't have anxiety. She did a lot of it, but she was so much trying to deny it and to control it and defend against it, that it was really in the way. And it was really causing a lot of stress in her marriage. Yeah. And so it was a beautiful thing to see the way that God used this understanding for her to give her permission to see that actually what Paul's saying there is when you are anxious, yeah, mm. pray, interact relationally with God who loves you, who knows, like Peter says, cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. It's an invitation to engage, not, not shame and conviction that you're sinning because you have anxiety or mm. are having a worry. 
And thank you guys for just showing us that the sadness therein is behind all of these pieces too. Um, because we sometimes forget that there's a sadness that comes from this latent anxiety for those who don't re release it, own it, understand, co-regulate with others. So this gives our listeners permission to dive in with other people. What would you say for our gut or body types out there when they're just struggling and they're very instinctual? What are some practices you might recommend? And guys, there's way more in the book. Well, we gut types, we, we want to do, uh, mm -hmm. we, we want to be busy and active. We want to accomplish things. Uh, and that's true for the eights, nines, and ones in different ways it works out in their personality. Uh, we gut types have a, like an instinctual uh, intelligence from our bodies in an environment. It's like an intuition that uh, just a deep knowing. Uh, and we're sort of dependent on experiences for accessing that physical experiences with people. Mm -hmm. And the emotion that, that is related to this is anger. And in the negative side of that, anger can be really hurtful to people and it can activate a lot of pride uh, and, and aggression. Uh, it's like the built-in uh, protection mechanism for us when our boundaries have been crossed when we feel like somebody has messed with us or done us wrong or controlled us, we got this angry response. Uh, but as an emotion, God has given us the emotion of anger, and it's a good thing. It's just dangerous. Uh, and a lot of the problems people have with anger is when anger is denied or repressed, because mm. then it becomes shame or depression or anxiety. And that's something we talk a lot about in Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith, is that the emotions stack and they hide under each other. And yeah. so that's the simplicity of the anger, shame, anxiety, sadness, holding those four in your head when you're listening to somebody is like, okay, which which emotion is hiding? Mm -hmm. And which, which is the core emotion for this personality type? Mm -hmm. Which is the stress emotion? And okay, then now where's the underlying sadness? And taking your time with each of these four emotions, and then it's at some point getting down to that lower level sadness. Mm -hmm. So as a gut type, I had to realize that I had a problem with anger because, and it was really shocking to me because when I learned the Enneagram, I was already a psychologist. I'd experienced therapy. I really thought I knew myself pretty well, was self-aware. And when I'm reading about the one, because Christy is telling me, I think you're a one, Bill. Ah. And I'm like, I I'm not a one. I don't have a problem with anger. I'm not a resentful. I don't like this yeah. test. I don't like this book. <laughs> Can you believe that? And I'm like, Oh, maybe I am a little angry. Yeah. <laughs> but it, so what I figured out was that that's the way the Enneagram works is mm -hmm. that the core emotion in this case for the gut types is anger. It that's the emotion I most dislike. I most don't want to be angry. Mm -hmm. I've been hurt by angry anger. I've seen people hurt by anger. So mm -hmm. I vowed as a kid, I'm not going to get angry at my spouse, my, my wife. I'm not going to get angry at my kids. I'm not going to hurt people with anger. And so I just kind of repressed it all. So I just thought I had a problem with anxiety yeah. and I did because yeah. anxiety is repressed emotion, mm -hmm. but that wasn't my primary problem. When I, when I trusted the model of the Enneagram and realized, okay, so I got this unconscious anger going all the time, mm -hmm. more than I realize. Right. And if I will open up to whenever there is some stress or difficulty, or I'm losing energy, feeling kind of discouraged or depressed, or I'm feeling anxious. Okay. Where's the anger? Yes. And if I will get into a pattern of life, sharing vulnerably with safe people uh, in my, my prayer life, uh, in my reading of the Psalms to articulate the anger, mm. then that will free me up. And I have so much more energy in my life now yes. than I did before. Wow. 
wow. even as a younger person, because I'm not having all this repressed anger anymore. Wow. That's fascinating. Most people don't know that about the anger when you start to work at it. Cause there's a sense of people talking about how the anger drives them forward. And what you're really reminding us of, it's not a healthy energy when you bring that kind of uh, repressed or even aggressive anger out without checking it with healthy community, God, like you said, releasing, and you have some great techniques for that in the book. This is really awesome for your marriage too, just that you decided to do this work because like you said, and you give examples for those who are like, oh my gosh, I feel shame that I'm angry. Like you share that Christ has these moments and you share particular moments. Um, so was that a comfort to you when you were walking through this to say like God understands and he's given me a justice orientation? Oh, for sure. So like a great example, I love how you bring up Jesus uh, in this and his experience with anger and with all of these emotions, because that's that's the theme in our book, Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith, is that Jesus is the perfect human being. He's the fullness of, of God in human flesh. And so all of our temptations, all of our struggles, our difficulties, our needs, our pain, our emotions, Jesus experienced it. And it wasn't like he was like Einstein doing first grade math, just like pretending to have challenges. No, he really, like Philippians 2 said, set aside the limitation, set aside the privileges of the Godhead yeah. and took into himself the limitations of being human and like Hebrews says, he actually learned to obey God, which is quite a conundrum that the perfect one learned to obey. But it's like he's just getting more and more perfect as, as he's aging and as he's having human experiences. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus experienced anger. And so he enters into our anger and he shows us how to experience the emotion of anger in our relationships in a way that it, our anger is governed by love. Mm -hmm. And he teaches us how to be in submission to God who is the source of all justice. See, we ones, we want to be the source of justice and eights in a different way. They want to enforce that justice. And they're, they're more at, at peace with their anger than the ones and especially the nines. And so they're, they're going to be outward with it. They're going to challenge. They're going to poke. They're going to disagree. They're going to prod because they, they, they think, oh, you know, people need this and they, they don't have any problem thinking that their anger is loving, but sometimes it's actually not. So sometimes they're too quick with their anger and they need to like hesitate more on that. But Jesus is the master and he shows us how to live in continual submission to God. And this is a beautiful thing to see Jesus just like in John's gospel again and again, he's abandoning to God, his father, the outcomes of situations. And Jesus is not walking around from what we read. He's not like walking around with divine omniscience all the time. He's trusting God as father for that. And he's accessing knowledge as needed through prayer and through faith. And so out of that submission, he learns to be relaxed. And that, that's an amazing thing. That was a huge discovery for me mm. in my spiritual renewal at age 40. It led to another book called Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. But it was mm. unpacking that easy yoke passage. It's mm. how Jesus teaches us how to do hard things, mm. stressful things, painful things in an easy way because he's attached to the Father. What we know, Krista, as therapists, what we know is that we, what he's showing us in his easy yoke is not only like a teaching, like the rabbi had a yoke that was his teaching, and it is that, 
but it's a relational way. It's, it's an it, attachment relationship. Oh, that's good. Oh, wow. Easy that's, yoke is a secure attachment. In a fun way because that's my life first. Oh, <laughs> I love as that. As a seven, I'm cracking up that like, I'm always like, I need my space. And <laughs> there's this yoke of attachment. God has all my best friends to be like relational and like all twos and stuff to keep me. So you're just making us laugh here of like, this is a good yoke. This keeps us right with our shepherd, with our father. That's right. Now, Christy, did you see this in his life when you saw this uh, awakening in your husband? Did you feel like I saw some of this shame or even more, I would say from what Bill said, the anxiety and the deeper sadness sort of lift from him when you saw him releasing some of that unhealthy anger part? Very much. And it was a great joy for me to see. I had, of course, been praying for him because in marriage, we very much are aware of the the sin and the other person's life yeah. of the struggles of <laughs> yeah, the emotions of the defense mechanisms we yeah. see it much more clearly in our spouse than we do in ourselves yeah and so to be really praying for him as i saw that and yeah. then to see what god was doing and how god was revealing and how bill was waking up to these things and responding to the work of the spirit in his life was such a joy and was so freeing in our relationship because instead of me feeling like it was up to me to try to help him with these things again it was seeing god active and bill responding Mm -hmm. instead of the the conflict or me walking on eggshells about these things or feeling like oh i really need to highlight this for him he doesn't see this so yeah really grateful really good and also just a great model for me as well watching him And as he would share what he was learning and discovering and trust me with that, such sacred ground to be trusted for him to be vulnerable with me in the process was, was really a joy for me and really built intimacy and trust and safety in our marriage for me to begin to be more vulnerable and honest with him and let down my defense mechanisms. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You bring us right into your triad here because here I'm just thinking, okay, so that makes sense that she loves to get into the hearts of others. But now we're landing back with you that sometimes that's not easy for you to do for yourself when you're not awake in that heart space. So tell us about our heart types and something that they can do uh, when they're feeling that shame or sadness build up. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the heart types, we very much can be preoccupied with what other people think of us or feel towards us. We're often wanting to try to win people over because of that shame, that sense of self-rejection. We're looking for that affirmation of our identity, our value from others for the twos, oftentimes by helping other people for the threes, by achieving, performing well, the fours being unique, making a special contribution. So there's different ways that that's a apply for our different types. But in every case, one of the things that I have found that is really important for the heart types, it has been really important for me is to have time in solitude and to be alone with Jesus in order to find my identity with him and in order to cut off all of this attuning to other people's emotions that I'm constantly doing. And then the temptation to try to please them or win them over or care for them or help them or serve them. I need time when I can be alone with Jesus 
and I can see his delight. I can receive his love for me. I can find my well-being in my attachment to Jesus, not in other people and what they think about me. And then you found, Christy, as you've ventured into solitude, which was a, a learning in and of itself, because when you were a child, that was to be punished, to be put alone, and you're so relational as an yes. extrovert. Yes. But you learned that how solitude helps you to feel your deeper emotions and needs, to get lost when you're relating with other people and then tempted to be sort of like preoccupied with them. And so then as you're accessing your inner self, then to bring that into relationship where you're asking for understanding. I'm, I'm privileged when you do that with me. Well, thank you for that. Yes, because it's in the solitude then that I can get in touch with my emotions and access the sadness because I'm not preoccupied with everybody else that's trying to defend against it. And then as I get in touch with that, then I get the invitation to bring that into relationship with someone who can be an ambassador of Christ to me and empathy, show me empathy, show me God's grace. And, and I can agree with that grace and receive mm. that grace mm. through that ministry. And that's part of what we do in therapy. That's part of what we do in spiritual direction. That's a lot of what pastors do. That's what we do for each other in marriage is being an ambassador of Christ to mm. each other to really empathize with the pain, with the sadness that's mm. the underlying these other emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can be on mission together in a brighter way because you've mm -hmm. taken some time to really allow yourselves to heal. And I'm just thinking through your story of how, when we don't do this, which sometimes we don't, we miss out, we have addictive patterns or we mm -hmm. have lower uh, relational windows of tolerance. And now we have all these maladaptive behaviors that come in. So you really brought that to light with showing us how that happens with the two, three, four, that um, when there's a codependency or a rushing through to, to please, there's a missing piece again here. And um, we miss our father's joy, our father's love over us, even when we're still. And that's a great reminder for our heart type. So you would recommend they take some time in solitude with God, slowing down and then sharing with their people. It sounds like, um, plus lots of other tips in your book, right? Well, one of the things we do in Healthy Feelings Thriving Faith is we provide a picture of Jesus as the perfection of each of the types yeah. and Jesus's empathy for each one of us in our emotion. And we all need to be able to see, get this vision of Jesus because change happens two ways, vision poles or pain pushes. Most of us are pushed by the pain. We defend against the pain and we don't grow. But if instead we can acknowledge the pain and receive Jesus' empathy for us, mm -hmm. and then we can get a vision of Jesus as the perfection of our type, and we agree with his grace, his empathy, receiving it, and move with his spirit and some of the unique soul care practices that we most need but might be defended against that we outline in the book, that really helps us to grow spiritually and emotionally into Christ-likeness. Wow, you guys, what a gift. And has this helped with your adult children too, just to be able to know uh, their patterns and their struggles and to be able to pray for them and encourage them? Yeah, all our kids and spouses, they all know their Enneagram types and trying to figure out the types of their little kids. So. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's it's, what been, we it's been fun. Yeah, okay. it's been very helpful. It's been so helpful to me as a mom and praying oh, for them and empathizing with them, not reacting to yeah. some of the ways that mm -hmm. they, some of the decisions they make or some of the ways they 
interact, it's easy to react. And then if I step back and I remember their type, I, I have I empathize with what I know about that type and what mm. some of those underlying needs and motivations mm. and are that they're not even aware of. It really helps me to extend God's love and grace to them. Mm. That's beautiful. And I do want to let everyone know something that when your family member may not use the Enneagram, but you want to reach them. I love, like I said, that you relate with lots of books and authors that we can choose from. Like you mentioned Heinz feet and high places for fours. And um, it's one of my daughter who's she's in college now, but she loves that book. And one of our listeners here recommended it to her and she loves it. She runs to that book when she needs it. And so guys, there's gold here of all these different resources. And just if you could tell everybody uh, where they can connect with you, because you do have some very rich resources that you mentioned a couple of them, but I'd love for you to just walk us through how people can continue this journey with you guys. Yeah, we would love to get to know you better. Uh, you're listening. Uh, we help you grow deeper with Jesus in emotional health and loving leadership. And the best way we do that is in our Soul Shepherding Institute retreats. Uh, but we do that through lots of resources as well. We have a podcast. And and then this book that we're talking about, Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith, of course. Uh, it's easy to contact us. You just uh, soulshepherding.org, click contact uh, on Instagram or Facebook, follow Soul Shepherding. Uh, same thing on YouTube. You can get us uh, really any social media channel pretty much just by checking on Soul Shepherding. And uh, we, we love to meet our, our listeners. We travel around to churches and speak and uh, conferences and get, get to connect with a lot of our listeners that way. We also have a, an Egram and Emotions video course for those that like to learn that way. And we unpack the book and some of the material and we do it relationally with each other and lead in some of these soul care practices in real time. So that's also an option. You can find that soulshepherding.org, either our shop or just Enneagram. Yeah. Soulshepherding.org slash Enneagram. Some thank you guys so much for your time. I feel very co-regulated by you, ready to jump into my day. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. What a gift. I'm excited that we are all on the Jesus Calling podcast together around yeah. New Year's. So hopefully everyone can hear us then together too. That's so fun. It's a blessing. It's like having a therapy session talking with you, Krista. <laughs> yeah, you just, you're an amazing listener and the questions and just the empathy and warmth that just oozes out of you. It's like, wow, this is incredible. I learned from my heart types at Wheaton where I did my grad work and emotionally focused mm -hmm. therapy because that was yeah. my listeners. I was good at CBT. They were like, no marks wrong. You're good at that. But I was like, I'm a hot mess emotionally. So all of Christie's out there taught me. <laughs> so mm. all right. Well, thank you guys. We'll talk soon. And guys, make sure you check the show notes for them. Wow, you guys, I love getting a chance to release soul wounds with you. It is always a gift to be able to do this kind of work. We know we're covered and loved by God, even if we're imperfect. But to be able to say, ah, oh, I'm feeling a liftoff. I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling like I could let something go, a worry or a vice that I've been carrying. That is a gift, my friend. So take it with you. 
and hopefully bring this refreshment to others in your life so that they can glow and shine a little bit brighter too as you're doing the same. And I will see you this Wednesday. I will be back in town. I am so happy to be back to my warm and sunny Florida. And that is honestly the truth as much as I love my travels too. So I will see you soon. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as anyagrammedmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.